We'll welcome everybody out to episode 20, Tim. Episode 20. Utah in the weeds. I mean, I'm excited that we're here at Wholesome, uh, getting ready for this uh, basically grand opening of the new, the, the fourth pharmacy in Utah and the closest one to my house. So oh. it'd be perfect. It's beautiful. In it Utah, is beautiful. Yeah. Here. Thank you guys. We'll kind of it's give a little bit of a rundown of, uh, of what you can expect if you come here. We'll get, we have Chris and Richard, right? Correct. From Wholesome Company here. Which we want to find out about uh, about your pharmacy slash dispensary. That's unfortunately how most people know them as a dispensary. So it kind of throws people off a little bit with the with the pharmacy thing. In my opinion, I agree. Uh, I'm uh, going to call them dispensaries forever. First things first, though. What is your guys's location here for people listening? Let's let's start there. We'll do it at the end too. You know? Yeah. So we're located. And if you want to get a little bit closer there. We're located at 580 West, 100 North, here in the beautiful city of Bountiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are just north of the Costco in Bountiful. So if you're standing at our front door, you can see all the fun people going in and shopping at Costco. Very cool. Now, I guess we'll go one at a time. I mean, I'll start here with Chris. Like, what got you interested even in cannabis? I mean, especially here in Utah, right? Like, like I know you have a... Let's see where we, we lose you there on the microphone. Sure. Oh, oh, there you go. There you go. What got you interested in cannabis, man? Like, so let's go. To, let's go back a little bit. Yeah, I moved out to Utah about five years ago um, from the East Coast, and um, it was after I sold my company back east, and I was recruited for the CEO position at Leafly um, in 2017, and so that was my first foray into cannabis. Um, Leafly is obviously an online information resource, and they're trying trying to transition into more of a consumer marketplace. And so that's my background. Um, and so I went up to Seattle. That's where Leafly's headquarters are. And, and uh, I worked there for about a year um, where I met Richard, actually. Um, and he was there for about five years. And so that was my first experience in cannabis. And so when I moved back here... Um, I met uh, a gentleman up in Park City where I live uh, that was interested in applying for a couple licenses here. And so I invested in that, um, that endeavor. Um, and now I'm helping run the company. So Richard, you were in Seattle as well? I was in Seattle. Just to work with cannabis or you were living up there for other reasons? So I'm originally from Kingston, Jamaica, but I moved to Seattle when I was relatively young. And I, I basically would consider myself from Seattle, but from Jamaica. Fun, fun fact, Richard's father is uh, one of the guys or the guy to start the Jamaican bobsled team. No kidding. Oh yeah. my gosh. I remember that. Fun fact. That, that's awesome. Have you seen the movie Cool Runnings? I have. Oh yeah. 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 Of course. That's, Disney obviously changed his story a little bit, but my dad was the guy responsible for creating the Jamaican bobsled team. That's, that's pretty awesome. Very cool. So as far as cannabis goes, you guys are really experts. I mean, Wholesome is a kind of a homegrown company with some big, deep roots in the cannabis space. Yeah. I think that term's interesting when you say cannabis expert, because one thing I'm very passionate about is I think cannabis education never stops. So I technically would probably say no one is an expert in cannabis because there's still so much to learn. And I think that's something I'm hoping to, to instill on our team here is that You should never feel like you know everything about cannabis. There's always something to learn. And again, this plant's here. Go go try it. Go test it out. Go see how it makes you feel. Uh, I think we we aspire to be experts, but there's always more to learn. Oh, that's a good uh, that's a good point. I think in in medicine for sure. You know, when I'm training a new provider, they'll listen to me talk to a patient and it seems so straightforward, like, okay, here's what we're going to try. Here's what we, we're going to try first. Here's, you know, some suggested dosing, but really that's only the tip of the iceberg from what we will know later. Right. Right. And, and there's still so much research that needs to be done. You're, you're seeing probably, I think the best research in cannabis is probably coming out of Toronto at the sick kids hospital. I think they're doing a lot of good work with kids with autism. I think you're seeing more research and studies coming out of Australia. So I think that's what I hope to see come from the U.S. at some point is really the federal government realizing that this is medicine and they should treat it as such. And let's get some more research behind this plant and not just kind of throw it into this this box that's the evil stepchild because it's a plant medicine and people should treat it that way. Sure. So you're approve, 
do you guys approve of the medical classification in Utah or are you kind of pushing towards the adult use? Do you have an opinion about that, you guys? I actually like the the medical side of it because I do think whether you want to call it medical, therapeutic, I do believe it's it's a way to have a better well-being and a better way of life. So I'm not saying I'm against recreational use of cannabis. I think what I've what I'm in this for is to see the United States of America realize that everybody should safely be able to access this plant if they want to use it. And people should not be in prison for using cannabis. Right. So what's the biggest challenge in Utah that you guys have faced so far opening up? Good question. Um, I think there's a lot of challenges. I'm actually relatively impressed with the knowledge I have and the markets I've worked in in the cannabis industry. I'm very impressed in how they structured the program. So I know that obviously pharmacists are expensive. They're medical staff. They're very well trained. They've gone through a lot of education. But I do actually believe when I kind of first heard that, I was like, oh, that's, that seems a little redundant. But now that I've had the pleasure of meeting Mindy, um, I've had the pleasure of meeting Kylie Shumway, who's one of our compound pharmacists, I truly believe there's a place for, for pharmacists and medical providers in this business. Um, I, I think it actually brings a level of legitimacy to the cannabis business when you have people that are well-educated that have gone through a lot of formal education talking to people about their conditions and how cannabis could potentially make their life better. So I think from a hurdle perspective, there's some interesting things with the way that the the state organized the system for the seed-to-sale tracking. I think there's some complexities there that that make it difficult if you, for example, want to run a online ordering platform for patients to be able to easily see a menu at their home and, and add that to their cart and either come in and pick that up in the store or get that dropped off in their car in the parking lot. Um, I think when with the closed loose system that was implemented, it, it makes it tricky when those API integrations, so when those systems need to speak to each other, uh, and, and you're kind of locked in a box, it, it makes it kind of tough to offer some of these really nice things that are beneficial for patients and, and well, also I think you're talking convenient. About, yeah, this convenience that we've all grown accustomed to, right? Like we just, we throw things in the Amazon cart. We expect they're going to be here in a couple of days and that's, that's normal. Right. You would think that we would have some, some semblance of that in Utah, but you're talking about MJ Freeway which really, I mean, you're not alone. I think a lot of people have talked about the, the challenges of breaking into that system, uh, not breaking in, but not a very good term, I guess, but communicating with that system and making it work in right. the modern age. Right. And I, and I think no system is going to be perfect. I think software and technology in general, and in my experience at Leafly, having a pretty good understanding of the major players in the point of sale space, None of them are perfect. You could you could sit down and interview 10 dispensary operators that have been running businesses for 5, 10 years, and I think their biggest headache, they might tell you, is just the point-of-sale system. So I, I do think there is a gap in the overall overarching cannabis industry that hopefully one of these larger players will dive into the, the cannabis space that have kind of mastered point-of-sale in another industry or space. It's it's definitely the biggest, I feel like, headache for cannabis sure. operators is the point of sale system. So you think that that, and we're kind of going down a rabbit hole here with yeah. computer systems, but do you think that that would be solved or there's some, that's the federal benefit of decriminalizing it because then you would open it up to these bigger players who computer software, right? So yeah, I think it's twofold. Um, one is on the federal level. And so once there's some... Uh, breakthrough there, I think you're going to have some, you know, bigger players come into the space. Um, on a state level, I think directionally we're, we're on the right path. I think Department of Health and, and Rich have done a great job listening to operators. Um, and so we're hopeful that 
you know, we will get access to an open API for certain instances within MJ that we can build on top of. And really, you know, all these nuances that have been challenged internally are going to be felt by the patients uh, eventually. So um, he understands that, but I think uh, he's on board with fixing those. It's just, you know, we're still in the early days of this of this uh, program. Um, and so every week we're getting a little bit better. Um, so, sure. You know, a year from now, I think we'll have, if we had the same conversation, uh, I think we'd be you know, much further along. Yeah, I would second that as well. I think Rich Oborn and Kayla Strong and Katie Barber over the Department of Health are phenomenal. They're extremely responsive. They're kind of, I I almost consider them a member of our team, I feel like. It's interesting you say that because we feel the same way about them from the medical side. Like we communicate with the Department of Health every day, multiple times about patients getting them through, changing QMPs, doing this or that to their to their system on the back end. And there's some serious challenges, but they really are helpful. They're and they're trying to do the right thing. And, and they are trying to do the right thing. And I think they do have the patient's interests sure. in mind. And, and I, I really appreciate that because you don't see that in every either legal, recreation, or medical market from yeah. the, the regulators. Right. Okay. Let's change the subject. Oh, I want We're, to talk about the products they got. Here, I know. That's like, right, like, that's let's change the subject. That I'm sure that's listening. On wants like, to know. Hey, we walk in. There's this big curved wall in the in the front. They have a huge waiting area, oh. which is, I think, a big upgrade from some of the other places as far as the waiting, because there's going to be a lot of people waiting here, <laughs> um, just in general, because there's a lack of distribution. So you get into the dispensary, and let me just describe it a little bit. You've got nice wood tone counter, very, very clean. It's a mix between, I don't know, big chalkboard on the back. I guess it's a mix between the, Apple and Starbucks. Yeah, it reminds me of a lot of the dispensaries in, kind from of California. The feel. That's what it reminds me of for some reason, at least the ones I've been in. Well, we've been fortunate. Richard's probably seen over a thousand dispensaries. Uh, his five years at Leafly, he was head of key accounts. And so dispensaries here in the U.S., dispensaries in Canada, going back to 2014, 15. And so um, we leaned on him and his eye to be able to you know, guide us in terms of what we wanted from a you know, user experience, a look and feel uh, perspective. Um, and so you made a point about uh, the point about the waiting area. That was important to us. Um, it's also important to us. I think we're going to be live with an online ordering version, V1, call it, um, hopefully by Friday or Saturday. Um, and oh, so- I mean, I think in this location, it's going to be big because... Reduces the wait time exactly. of people in the lobby, right, and around That's the right. and around the building. And this is a busy area; not everybody's going to want to pull up in their in their vehicle and be seen right away in downtown Bountiful. <sighs> so I think the online ordering in the drive-through is going to be uh, important. Absolutely, but it's beautiful, and all the products are laid out so you can see everything. There's probably four or five people behind the counter when I came in, and you're not even open. Right. I mean. So I think there's going to be, it looks like there's going to be plenty of help. Everybody was super friendly as far as like describing what you have. The one thing I'm missing when I'm looking in here is Wholesome, Wholesome's products. Yeah. So you guys have, talk to us about what you've got coming. Yeah. Right. The grow operation. I'll let let Chris field that question because he's much more involved currently on the cultivation side of our business. And I think he's got some exciting news of, of kind of where we are in that process. Yeah. So, uh, patients will start seeing the wholesome products come to, uh, our shelves in about two weeks. And then we're going to be ramping up our cultivation efforts over the next, uh, four to six months to really expand our cultivation production, not only for our store, but also for the wholesale market as well. Um, so we have both a retail license and a cultivation license. Um, the cultivation license was issued um, late last year, 2019. We met the state mandate for showing that we could grow a good product by March 1st. From there, uh, we've had some challenges with certain cities uh, here in Utah and, and, and permitting us to actually build out cultivation. But uh, we found uh, two locations that we've settled on. Um, we're picking between two right now to, to expand that cultivation facility. But um, we do have a small facility that we're able to produce some product and, and those products will be coming to the shelves in about two weeks. Very cool. Yes. Lots of flour. That's what everybody, That's right. I, I notice everybody in Utah, they, well, I mean, we want flour, right? I like flour, but it seems like that's been the toughest thing. Yeah, I mean, locations. so you think about like, you know, the early adopters in this program, um, 
you tend to see this in every other state. I mean, this is what we learned at Leafly that early on in the market, you know, a majority of the products that are going to come to the shelves and what patients are demanding is going to be mostly flour. Um, as the market matures and more SKUs or more products come online that are extracted formulated products over time, you start seeing that flip and, and more of a, you know, a, a mix of products are actually extracted formulated products. And that actually increases the percentage of sales for those products over time. Um, and so for the first year, we, we think that, you know, majority of the sales will be with, with flour. Um, and then that's going to, you know, change over the next two to three years. Will Utah, will we ever see like beverages here, drinks, stuff like that? Because I mean, that's that's, that's what's question. hot right now. I mean, I was actually listening to a podcast. I'm sure you guys are familiar with this cup that Mike Tyson's doing where you could drink out of it and then eat it like it. Uh, it's a 3D cup that disp- dispenses I'm not familiar, but I gotta the go perfect amount of THC, man, like per wow. use, right? And so I'm wondering if you guys will ever see, st- but it's all going to be Utah stuff, right? Like That's a great question. Yeah. I think I'm like... Probably the beverage god here. Okay. I think I'm constantly talking about us getting our processing license and getting beverages. And obviously, we have to stay compliant within the state regulatory environment. Uh But I I do think I would love for Wholesome to be that company that comes to market and brings beverages. I I do think beverages, from a dosing perspective, are, are probably one of the best methods for a patient to consume cannabis because... Technically, you could have a 12-ounce bottle or a a lemon ginger drink, for example, Uh and you could have 100 milligrams of THC in there. You could put a sealed dosage cup on the top, and you can dose beverages very easily. So you could have, you can just dose out 10 milligrams and take your drink and then put it back in the fridge. And I'm a huge fan of the drink because you don't have to vaporize it you don't have to eat it and people drink things all day and you can technically even make formulations of just powder that you could mix into your coffee in the morning there's actually a company called ruby sugar um not a 100 sure where they originated but they make a raw cannabis sugar that you can like put into your coffee so i think there's the beverage market is going to be huge and i think canada is already seeing that when they approved their their edible sector and that's where beverages fall you're you're seeing the likes of the biggest companies in canada create beverages and partner with the likes of amheuser-busch and other big constellation brands with canopy growth so i think the beverage market is going to be huge, huge yeah. for cannabis hmm. and potentially and eliminate potentially alcohol, could be alcohol. and yeah. it, it falls under the utah law though too right because it's considered an edible right what you so, said there, I think there's a couple of different ways you can look at it. Um, liquid suspension is also in the Utah reg. So liquid suspension to me is a, a liquid formulation. So I think at the end of the day, when we get to that stage, it's working really closely with the Department of Health and the Department of Ag to make sure that they feel comfortable with creating and bringing a product like that to market. But I don't think there's any reason that the state should bar Utahns from accessing cannabis derived beverages. Yeah. I mean, I can see the liquid suspension argument for totally. I get that. And I can also see the against, right? I mean, when I work in the hospital and I round on patients, there's nothing I give them that's in a 12 ounce jar. Well, that's not true. Contrast we give in, we give people a liter of contrast. We give people, uh, you know, when you prep for your colonoscopy, you take a what do you take a gallon of that stuff that clears you out? So <laughs> that's not the case. So liquid suspension, okay, I'm down. No, no, I'm I mean, in. I'll help you fight the battle. And I'm not, I'm not super familiar with beverages, but they just sound like they would be all wonderful, really. Yeah, especially this cup from my. You're cousin. seeing a, a huge <laughs> influx of beverages in California right now. So a huge you? influx, yeah. So you couldn't carry though this cup from Mike Tyson probably unless he grew it in Utah, right? Is that how Correct. it works? Mike would have to come out here and he'd have to probably yeah. partner up with one of the is licensed. That, is that normal? So then in Ca- like, cause I think his cannabis farm is in California anyway, but so he can only sell in California too, or is that normal for other states? Or you guys probably don't know that one. Yeah. So a lot of the uh, national um, or somewhat national brands um, partner with a license holder okay. that does the processing. And so there's some sort of cut that they take for okay. their brand. Um, and so that's typically how that's done. I was just wondering how they did it in other states really like that. Cause that yeah. would be frustrating so, when you can't cross um, state lines. Right? Dispensaries that are multi-state, right. And Correct. they, they right. have to get their own license in. 
But in Utah, the law is that everything is everything seed to sale, right? So Wholesome's products will really be, they'll be grown here in Utah, they'll be processed here in Utah, they'll be sold here in Utah. And then, you know, maybe if we get some federal leniency or some regulation that allows you to cross state lines, you could move that when Idaho goes legal or something like that, I guess. Yeah, that's all basically contingent on uh, federal regulations, interstate commerce. And if if that possibility became a thing, I think Utah, Wholesome as a company, would be in a really good position to have this almost craft brand that we could distribute all across the U.S. and people could know that it was proudly grown in Utah. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll get to see that day. Um, but I think for now, the, the site, the, just, just fulfilling the needs for the patients of Utah is, is a big, big lift. Um, sure. but we're up for the, the challenge. Okay. So we have, speaking of patients in Utah, it looks like we have my estimates in the 12 to 13,000 legal cannabis users in Utah. Wow. But t- depending on how many letters you think are out there and how many registered cards, and we get an update, you know, pretty, pretty regularly from the Department of Health on how many cards. Do you guys have any, any idea of what you think? We're talking about letters to cards and how we're going to deal with that. Do you, what do you think the challenges, I guess, overall are going to be these first couple of weeks or this first month yeah. with the patients who come in? Like, what's the message you want to give to the patients, I guess? That's a better question. Yeah. I what's the message you want to give to the patients for the first month, anticipating what what they may find as a challenge to come in here and get their product or, or what they need to be looking forward to? So I think the, the, the number one thing, um, both for them and for us, to make sure that we're upholding our promise from a user experience perspective is to register on wholesome.co. And that pre-registration takes the burden off and, and, and you know saves them time. So when they come into the store, they don't have to go through those steps and, and wait in that waiting room. And so if they register in advance on our website, we take them through the process of being approved patient for wholesome uh, uh, company. So that's number one. I mean, and I think that that would save not only us time, but them time from, again, waiting in the waiting room. Um, and so I don't know if Richard wants to add to that. Can, can I ask about, so this registration, this isn't just for people listening. So there's no confusement. This isn't your medical cannabis card. Like this isn't, this is just to buy product from wholesome. Yeah, this is, you know, you've either received your recommendation letter or you have your medical card. Yeah. It's taking that information and giving it to us online before you show up for your first purchase. So if people listening, they're like, I've already been to another pharmacy in Utah. They still have to come. That's right. Okay. Okay. And this is because, is this really because of COVID or is this something that would have been in place despite COVID? This is something that, you know, we really want to take a kind of um, a digital kind of technology first approach. Um, That's what consumers are using every day anyways with Amazon, et cetera. And so this gets them into that world um, so we can better serve them in a faster, more convenient way. And obviously COVID has something to do with that as well, um, conveniently, but we would be doing that anyways, even if COVID weren't a thing. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing I could prompt any Utah patient letter holder, card holder, please go to wholesome.co before you arrive to the building and put in your information, go through the pre-registration process. So let's say, for example, you're a letter holder and you've gone in and you've put in your information. What we have to do on our side is we have to validate that your letter is accurate. So we get your information, we can see your letter, which you can simply upload through the technology we've built. And then most likely we'll call that QMP, the office that issued that letter. And we're ultimately verifying that this is a legitimate letter that someone didn't print in their basement. And so we here want to just make the flow as easy for them. So when they show up, all we're simply doing is checking them in at reception and they can come straight to shop. So other things that need to happen before they can do that is they have to have their virtual consultation with a pharmacist. But to all of the Utah medical card holders that are out there that have already shopped at another pharmacy and had a ver- and had a consultation with a pharmacist, they simply can arrive, check in, and shop on the floor. But please still register with us because it keeps our records accurate and it makes our life much easier. 
Can I ask a question on the letters again, just for clarification of people listening? So if they've already used their letter to shop at another pharmacy, they can't come here. Is that correct? How will you correct. know that they went somewhere else? So there's, I think, a, f- a few ways we can get access to okay. that information, okay. I just, but, yeah. but it's really them telling us. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe there there is a way to see that information via the EVS, but okay. oh, yeah. the EVS is only accessible to pharmacists. Okay. So really, if you are a letter holder and you have not been issued your card by the state of Utah yet, that that's a process that we want to help people with. So we actually have had a gentleman show up here. He just had his letter. Um, he explained to us that he shopped at Dragonfly and Mindy Medeo, our pharmacist in charge, actually sat with him and walked him through the process of getting his information submitted into the state EVS system. And I think that gentleman actually was issued his card. And so that's something Wholesome is going to really want to help the patients of Utah through that process. And I think you're going to constantly hear us talk about the journey, the cannabis journey. Wholesome wants to be there for really experienced people to the absolute novice. And so we want all these patients that have been issued these letters to be able to get a card and be official by the state. And so we as a company are going to push all these folks that just have their letter to get through the process and get your card. And I, I discussed this with Rich Oborn when he was here a few weeks ago. I really believe that if someone thinks cannabis can make their life better and they go talk to a qualified medical professional with the state and they deem that cannabis could be a solution for whatever ailment they're dealing with, we should not limit a qualified medical provider from issuing a letter to someone to use cannabis. I think that's a travesty. You're talking about the cap, the patient. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm very passionate that it would be like telling someone with diabetes that I'm not going to give you insulin because I've already issued 250 prescriptions. I'm that's sorry. Good, well, I mean, come on, we, we talk about this. Yeah, we talk every about it almost day every episode because yeah. my staff has given us. I have uh, Katie, who's my kind of our EVS specialist in our UtahMarijuana.org, right? And yeah, she'll give us a layout basically every week. How many how many card holders do we have, right? And we're yeah, we're out, but we have more and more providers but really you're having to you're having to expand into providers who have less experience and that's the problem there's i mean there's so many things right now about the the patient cap that's crazy i heard of a there's a company out there that's reaching out to just generic providers saying hey get your qmp we'll do all the work we'll put these people under you well that's illegal Right. You, that's absolutely illegal. It'll get you your license revoked. So, okay. So I want to come back to your letter and converting letters to cards and helping people through the EVS because I think this ties right into something that we're working on at utahmarijuana.org. So number one, I'm going to put a link to your pre-registration on utahmarijuana.org. Okay. Appreciate that. I'm also going to put a dispensary page for you. We'll put it up. We'll put info on there. They can come to our website. They can link to yours. Uh, you can click on our links right to the pre-registration. We're working with Ed actually to have a, a data packet that gets transmitted to you to do the instant registration. Because I think we get a lot of complaints that patients say, well, I have to register for you, Tim, to, to come see you. And I have to do this online stuff. And then I have to register with the EVS. And that's like a three-step process. And then I can't even get into the dispensary because I got to pre-register with them. So we're trying to streamline that process with our technology so that when they sign our consents, we can instantly register them with you. They can choose hey, you know what? Bountiful is going to be a great place for me to go. I want to go to Wholesome. I can choose that in the visit. And then we never have to have them. They're automatically registered with you That's and they great. can they can do that. So we're working on this uh, behind the scenes to try to help that. But anyway, there'll be links to that on our website by the time this goes up. Second, letters to cards. We want to help because Mindy can't be walking people through the EVS system. That's that's just going to take a lot of time. Right. So we have four or five, we have five people who just do EVS in my office at utahmarijuana.org. So we are hoping to have a QR code because somebody can scan. They can go right to this, this little helpline 
at our system, we can help them get their card from the letter to the card. Amazing. We're working with Rich Oborn to try to like educate people. Right. But every time a dispensary opens, it's going to be a new opportunity for us to get the word out because there's going to be so many questions for you guys. Right. Because from your perspective, don't you think a powder keg is going to explode here when I guarantee there's it. all these people with these letters that don't have cards and it's now January 1st and yeah. you've got 7,000 people with letters that have no clue what to do or absolutely. And I think that's why we medicine. need to keep talking about it on the yeah, podcast. I think that you like everybody like, who comes, we need to talk about it. Yeah, go get your August. car. You only got to call us, go to utahmarijuana.org. If you, if you're just outside any QMP, we work with the state. We'll find your QMP. We'll walk you through it. It's not going to really, you know, from a patient perspective, we're not going to charge extra for that. Like there's no associated fee. We're trying to, to be honest, we're trying to, to um, work with the Utah cannabis association and the dispensaries if there's anybody who, you know, we can supplement that, I think, that process to help people get from their letters to their cards. Yeah, I think that's great. I think at the end of the day, every patient wants to be legitimate. They want to be able to to go where they need to go with their medicine and and not be treated like a criminal. So it's, it's, I think it's it's an education piece and they need they need people like you and us to help them right. get through that that funnel and ideally just have their card and be able to freely shop where they they please. I think to the average person it's kind of confusing how to get your your medical card here in Utah. In my opinion, somebody like myself yeah, I still that think so. listens to this, you know, on the podcast or or that's been a little more familiar, yeah, it makes sense. But there needs to be I, I think on your website, Tim, it's pretty broken down. I mean, it's pretty broken down, but at the same time we're we're constantly trying to update that flow uh-huh. because the user experience still has a lot of questions. We get the same questions on the chat feature on our website all the time. Yeah. You know, how do I get my card? Well, it's right there. <laughs> but but seriously, that's you know, you need it in every way. You need videos. You need you need uh, articles. You need a podcast. Any way somebody can hear it. Yes, cannabis is legal in Utah. Yes, you have to have your medical card. Yes, you can come to Bountiful to get your medical cannabis. Yeah, Bountiful. Right? I mean, I, that yes, was actually- yes, and yes. <laughs> and it's not. And the process isn't. The process is, I guess, cumbersome, but it's certainly doable. Yeah. It's very rewarding it's- when it's done. Because you get your I, I would I would say so. It's a little bit um, misleading, I guess, because when you get your uh, letter, you know you want to go out and right. go visit your first pharmacy. But it, it's almost like a that's not the real thing. The real thing is your medical card, and so some people get distracted and just start using their letter, and they forget about getting their card. Well, th- that's not a good thing. So what I did was when I got my letter, I not only registered um, with a pharmacy. But at the same time, I started the EVS process. And, you know, four weeks later, I, I got my medical card through the EVS process. This is early on in the program. I think they've, they've you know, collapsed those timeframes. But um, just don't think that the letter is going to be useful, you know, in time here. I mean, at the end of the year, they're going away with being able to use those. Right. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't foresee, well, the legislative session doesn't start until next year. So there is there is basically no, I mean, there's no easy way for that law to change or that statute to change to allow an extension, unless on January 1st or, or whenever they start, they just extend it. And I think we can solve that problem before it's a problem. Mm-hmm. I think if we tell enough people, if we expose this enough. What do, what do you think is the biggest gap from your experience for a letter holder to move from letter holder to card holder? I think the the biggest thing we run into is the QMP that there is 430 QMPs in the state and there's only a small percentage of those who really understand the process of where to click, what to go, what website to go to, how to get a patient through the process. So I think it's with the QMPs. I don't think there's good... Uh, education about how to walk a patient through the process. So if you get 400 QMPs and they all do, you know, 10 cards, that's a lot of people that don't have that instructions. There's a few of us who are, who are able to help people, but to be honest, like we're working with other QMPs. 
So utahmarijuana.org actually has a process to bring on other QMPs, and we're going to bring on actually another 3,000 patients who are with another organization, and we're partnering up with them so that their patients get their letters converted to cards Amazing. because they have no system. And that's how widespread the issue is. Mm. There are clinics here who just do medical cannabis and do a really good job of approving people and getting people through to get their letter. And then they, they just don't have the infrastructure to like do the rest. And so how does that math all work out with the qualified medical providers and their limits? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's been some discussion about how and now we're reversing this podcast, right? <laughs> but, the joy um, of podcast, man. The joy of podcast. I mean, so there's been some, uh, some providers have threatened to just write an unlimited number of letters. But that's a problem because January 1st, all those people don't have providers. And that, that's not a good plan. I do not recommend that plan. But I think that might be happening. I suspect there's a couple of QMPs out there who are doing this because there's some cash to be made up front. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's enticing. Yeah. I don't have, I guess I don't have a really great answer other than it's up to us as, as the medical providers to do what the statute says, Got right? It. Limit yourself to 275, keep track. And if you need help, go get help. There are places like us to go get help. Even coming here as a QMP to wholesome and saying, Hey, I've got, you know, 80 patients or I've got 15 patients. And I need help getting them through. You guys would be a good resource to have too, yeah, right? They could absolutely. come down here and ask Mindy and Mindy would say, oh no, here's exactly how you walk this through. Right. Um, how you I think can that's get your patients another thing you're going to find with us at, at Wholesome Co. is we've got a large amount of our staff that are patients as well. So they've been through the process. They understand the process. And at the end of the day, we want all the patients in Utah to know we're here to help them. We want, we want them to be able to access medicine. And so... We're going to do everything we can to get them through that that funnel and ultimately have that little that card. Yeah, that little PDF that file. Little PDF file. Is there a date set out where QMPs can't issue letters that is before December thirty first? No, I can issue letters right up till December thirty first, and that See, letter expires the next sense. day. So yeah. no, it doesn't. So how's the process going to work after December thirty first? They'll still get a letter. No, it, no, no, it'll no. It'll go right to the EVS. As of right now. January 1st, 2021, you get approved in, in any clinic by a QMP and you must register at the EVS and you must get your medical card right before there. you go to the pharmacy. dispensary or the pharmacy. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to take that process and it's going to force QMPs to learn how to do the, yeah. learn how to do it ah. essentially. Or else they're going to have a lot of upset patients. Yeah, they are. They really are going to have a lot of upset patients. I suspect the Utah Cannabis Association, the dispensaries. I mean, I suspect we will all try to get the legislature to implement a long-term bridge process like in Florida, where you get your letter, you can go immediately to the dispensary, and then you wait for your card. You know, and it might take a couple of weeks to be issued a card, but they have this bridge program that's that's set in place for a long period of time. That seems to work, I think, in other states. And I could see them doing a two-week or a 30-day letter. I don't think this idea of, you know, giving letters out for the rest of the year uh, solved anything, to be honest. But it just prolonged this issue that we're going to have and made it essentially bigger. Right. Right, because there'll be thousands of letters. But a 30-day bridge could work pretty well, Mm -hmm. Uh, even a two-week bridge. And the EVS system will update again. Mm-hmm. and the MJ Freeway system will update again. And there'll be ways for patients to really navigate the system. Um, so in the I- future, will the QMP do that data entry for the patient in the EVS as opposed to right now, most times patients have to do that themselves? So right now, the way the technology is on the state website, we can't... So the answer is yes, There'll always be the case where patients have to do it themselves, and there'll there will be more more and more I think QMPs who are able to do it in the office. Gotcha. But that's primarily because there'll be solutions that come up to help patients. Sure. But that's it takes time, right? Just like you guys, you can't you can't sell stuff out of the on your online system without the communication with MJ Freeway. 
Yes, I think we'll be able to do it. We'll just have to manually manage it, which is for outsiders that don't understand what that means is we we technically have all of our inventory in MJ Freeway. When vendors come and they drop that off, we get a manifest from them and we enter all those products into the system, which is a relatively time-consuming process. And then in order for us to offer that convenience for our patients, we do have an ability to basically do a CSV download of that menu and pull it into our online ordering system. Or technically, we'll have to to monitor that really closely with some staff that are constantly kind of manually updating our inventory levels in, in real time or doing these CSV uploads every 10 or 15 minutes. So we don't run into a situation where there is a patient that's on wholesome.co trying to order a product that could potentially be out of stock. There are ways that we can set limits on that inventory, but until we have that API, it, it's it's another level of complexity. This reminds us of uh, two years ago at Leafly. Uh, we were trying to scale ordering to you know multiple states, dispensaries in Canada, and interfacing with the inventory levels. And obviously, this is a pretty nascent uh, industry in general. So inventory levels are constantly changing. People are running out of stock. But having that communication between not just one POS, but, you know, dozens and dozens is, was a real challenge for Leafly. And so it's not that big of a challenge here because we're only dealing with one POS, but it's still a, a manual process, most likely, until we have that communication uh, API set up. It's just so wild that you can't just go down and pick an off-the-shelf inventory management system and just, boom, done. Yeah. Barcode it in, it, it automatically gets deducted. Yeah, Why so is it I mean, not it, that easy. It is working for you know the in-store pickup. We do think we have a solution in the interim until we have that API access, which I know Rich is working on with MJ. That we feel pretty confident will work, but it's kind of a workaround system. It's not you know right. the best system, but um, the inventory is in MJ, and so you know when someone walks up to the you know the front counter and they order, we know that that product's in stock. Sure, it's about making that communication between the POS and our online ordering system, which I is see. not MJ. I um, see. And so that's that's the challenge. And luckily, that's nothing that I'm not already well aware <laughs> of and had tons of experience with. So No, I mean, you guys are... It's, you guys uh, really seem like you're pros at this, at exactly <laughs> what you're doing now. This is... Uh, I'm really excited for you. Yeah, we're really excited, I'm, too. I'm excited. Yeah, so I mean, I'm excited for this location... Uh, really more than I have been about any of the others. And I, I think you guys have got your your plan in place. Like, I think it's going to work. We've seen the hurdles. There's a few hurdles we've seen already, which we can overcome quickly. We can help make sure these letters get certified or get, um, you know, make sure they're real Yeah, quickly. I think another thing I just highlight that is is new to me, as opposed to some of the other markets I've worked in is, people here in Utah seem very willing to work together. So I think it's important to highlight that. You don't see that very often in, say, California or Oregon or Washington. For the most part, everyone's kind of competitors and everyone's mm. trying to make more money than this guy or that guy. And what I see here is a much more collaborative team effort. And so I, I do want to give a shout out to Nareth at Dragonfly because they've kind of been the ones that have cut their teeth and been the first and they've been super helpful in, for example, how do I get the state fee to populate an MJ freeway oh, right. and have him on a late on a Friday, walk me through that process. So uh, I do think that we are much stronger together and that includes the PMPs that includes the pharmacists, the agents, all of the owners and all of the investors. And I do think Utah is positioning itself to be one of the strongest medical cannabis programs in the U.S., if not the world. I think Nareth knows you'll also relieve some pressure from down at Dragonfly. <laughs> I mean, They're I just think getting slapped down there, man. They're just like, we need some more places to open up. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, if ever a dispensary was like happy Take when a competitor business, yeah. opened up, it would be oh. it would be Dragonfly right now. <laughs> They're just You're overwhelmed. Like, oh, yes. Okay, we can take a little bit of a breather. Our wait isn't four hours. It's only two. <laughs> <laughs> and are you both medical card holders here in Utah? So I'm a letter holder. So okay. I, because in the beginning, the process did not allow the EVS 
process didn't allow a QMP to have two profiles, okay. a patient profile and a, and a provider profile. And it broke the EVS system when we would try to do both. So I'm in the same boat as a lot of other people. You know, letter needs to be converted to a card. I'm scared to do that because I don't want my EVS profile to break. So before we do that, I want to make sure that it's, it's functioning Smart guy. because I'd rather have my patients be care, you know, taken care of, uh, before myself, but very cool. Yeah. Very so cool. I can't, I'm, mean, you know, I haven't registered, yeah. um, uh, my letter here. So that's the, that'll be the next step. Yeah. 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 No. And I have my card, so I'll be here on Friday. I'll come down awesome. and check you guys out and, and purchase some product hopefully. So, yeah. we'll uh, was there anything else you. you guys wanted to talk about? I don't want to hold you guys up here any longer, you know, much longer here. I don't want to take much of your time. Uh, you want to review some of the products? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about some Ooh, of the products yes. uh, again. So online, I mean, you're going to keep this online pretty, pretty up to date, right? So people can go on there, That's order right. if they'll know products here, so on and so forth. So they yeah, and we anticipate opening on Friday. Yeah. Um, we do have one final check uh, tomorrow with the uh, fire marshal. Um, we think we're you know in in a good position based on okay. their, their previous visits. So, um, but you never know with in with those check ins. This episode will go up either it's either up late Thursday night, which would be tomorrow night, or Friday morning. So depending on when you're listening to that, just go check wholesomeco or wholesome.co yep. will tell whether you're open That's right. or not. Absolutely. Right? So, we'll, we'll make it very clear based on the, the outcome of our meeting with the Because I, I would imagine if not Friday, maybe Monday or would it be the following I mean, week? We, again, we've depends. had a uh, couple visits so okay. far and they've said, hey, you know, adjust that, adjust, yeah. uh, adjust this. Yeah. And so um, we think we're in a good position. I gotcha. Um, but yeah, definitely go to wholesome.co and, and, and check our status. But we anticipate opening Friday. Okay, let's talk about these products because yeah. I saw rosin out there. Rosin. You, you did see rosin out there. So we do have a, a hash rosin from our friends at Mother Liquor, which is really under the Boojum Group. So as far as I understand it, um, I believe we're the first medical cannabis pharmacy in Utah to have a hash rosin product. Yeah, yes. I have, I that's a purple that, yeah. punch strain. Um, that was derived from our, our friends over at Trike that are one of the licensed cultivators here. So I think we are, there was an Instagram post that I think went up last week because we were trying to get the shop in a mm -hmm. position to open last Friday. Uh, had to kindly ask the group over there to, to remove the post for now. Um, we did have a few folks that showed up looking for it. It had not been received in inventory yet. So, uh, I told them to, to come back on August 7th and, we do have very limited quantities, so I do want any of the patients out there that are listening to know that it will be a first-come, first-serve kind of basis, and I believe that product's going to go pretty quickly. I think we only have a total of 100 units of that, so um, I can actually just quickly give a peek here. Um, and it does but, seem like you have a lot of flour. Yes, we do. So we obviously know that that's been a kind of an issue and a hurdle for the pharmacies that have been open right now getting their hands on on flour we i think are really lucky to have uh, a great relationship with randy at trike and we've been working with him since early may to secure product for this day and so we've been stocking up we're doing our best to that's really my job here is to make sure that we have product on the shelf for patients um, and so we are looking to to order really as much flour as we possibly can get our hands on at this point. Um, but we've got some, some other cool products that are coming out that will be the first to carry. So there'll be these plush gummies that Ooh, are from yes. Zion that will have a, a mix of Delta eight and Delta nine, which I think are, I think they there's are, a lot of actually called the cuboids, right? Uh, yeah, they, I think on their packaging. Yeah, they're cuboids. Yeah. Gel yep. cubes. Gel cubes. Yeah. Gelatinous cubes. So, yep. uh, they and actually careful do on with their, the, uh, yeah. the heat on those. Don't put them in your car. They'll right. melt for sure. So that's a good thing you bring up like little things when you talk about hurdles and challenges with the cannabis yep. pharmacy, making sure that you have good temperature control your HVAC works. Right. So those are little things that I've been doing. Yeah, but with those it. plush gummies are great. And I really, <laughs> but I really love, like, I, I like Zion. I like Blake, those yeah. guys. I like their uh, tinctures. We could do a lot of education on their tinctures. Mindy was saying she's bringing in some, some uh, dosing uh, straws for the yeah. tinctures to try to help people learn about, you know, exact dosing on those oils. Absolutely. Um, and then we've got, and some... everybody always has plenty of those. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of capsules. 
Um, and so we'll be carrying some capsules from Bujum as well that are both strain specific and, and derived from, I think, Riesling and Sunday Driver. And again, both those products originated from Trike. So I think another shout out right. to the team at Trike for kind yeah. of fueling the the products that are being created here in Utah. And hopefully we'll be able to do our part here soon and produce really high quality flour. And so we've got some really cool strains um, and we have a very very knowledgeable uh, master grower uh, that he's he's kind of working in our temporary facility right now but we've got a a grapefruit strain that I think I'm really excited to get that on the market and for patients to try it out and see what their response is to it and we've got a a grape palpatine strain that's actually pretty awesome as well Um, so I think patients are going to be pleasantly surprised when they begin to see wholesome co-products hit the market and Hopefully by Q1 of next year, we're in a position to to have a plethora of new products. And there's a purposeful reason we brought in our, our compound pharmacist, Kylie Shumway. I think she is going to really take a lead here um, as it relates to products and her being the frontline pharmacist talking to patients. She will eventually, I think, help contribute in creating some products. So you could see us maybe do some some lingual strips that people can use that are very discreet and and potentially microdose uh, mm-hmm. and potentially you'll see these beverages come from us. Uh, I think we we as a company want to constantly innovate and we we want to plan today for three six months down the road. And so I think your people are, and patients are going to get a different vibe from from wholesome. And we're kind of always trying to think. A step ahead while also just continuing to maintain the business. Very cool. Very cool. I'm excited, yeah. man. I'm excited. And then wholesome.co is a website. Again, go register there if you plan on coming here and purchasing any product. Uh, let him know you heard him on Utah in the Weeds, right, Tim? That would be cool. Absolutely. Say, hey, yeah. I heard you on the podcast. Yeah, you, you know? uh, in fact, do. we'll get you some stickers. And yeah. if you, if you, you come down, say you heard, yeah, you heard about this on the Utah in the Weeds and get a cool sticker. Should we yeah. wrap this episode up, Tim? Yeah, let's wrap I think it up. I think we should. What, how can people find you out, man? So definitely utahmarijuana.org. I'm Tim Pickett. Um, you can call my office too if you need help with anything, letters, cards, conversions, uh, getting your medical card. Of course, we have a clinic as well. 801-851-5554. And uh, how about you, Chris? And then IamSaltLake.com is the other podcast I do. I do that with my wife, uh, Chrissy. I was telling you guys about that one. Uh, go listen to that one. I've been doing that one a lot longer than this one. Tim was actually on episode 420. I try to get everyone to go listen to that one. Uh, make sure to subscribe to Utah on the Weeds. Leave us a uh, review in iTunes if you're listening there. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, make sure to tell one person. That's kind of a good way to get the word out about these podcasts because as uh, Wholesome probably realizes as well, I mean, advertising is tough in the cannabis industry, right? We can't, right. we can't advertise and you can't, so you got to get the word out. Same thing with these pharmacies here in Utah. Tell your friends, tell a lot of people don't even know it's, it's legal to have medicinal cannabis here in Utah. So other than that, we're here every week, every okay, Friday yeah. morning, new episodes. So thanks for listening and absolutely uh, stay safe out there. Yeah, buddy.